You're listening to Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for Christian entrepreneurs that looks at business through a biblical lens. Your business is a calling, and when you do it according to God's principles, it is an act of worship and brings glory and honor to Him. Let's get into the show. This is Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for kingdom-minded entrepreneurs that looks at business through a biblical lens. My name is Jason Smith, and on today's show, I want to share with you a talk I did. I recorded it this past Friday morning on the Wisdom app. As you'll hear in the introduction, somebody had asked me a question, and that question had spurred on these thoughts that I shared on Wisdom this past Friday at 5 o'clock in the morning. It was an early talk that I did. So as you are listening, my voice may sound a little bit lower than usual, but that's okay. Uh, the, the topic for this particular talk picks up and goes right hand in hand with what we talked about the last episode, which dealt with the covenant of God. If you haven't heard that, you can head back and listen to episode two of season three, and it's all about how God established a covenant with you. We'll pick up that thought and some of the other ideas that uh, come along with this question that you're about to hear. Uh, Be sure to stick around, and I'll tell you how you can find out more about connecting with us on the Wisdom app. Good morning. This is my first talk on wisdom, and it's in response to a question that was asked to me. The question was, what is the weirdest thing about modern life that people accept as normal? Now, this question at the outset is asking my opinion about what I think is the weirdest thing, but I've come to realize in my life that my opinion doesn't matter. What matters is God's opinion. And where do I find God's opinion? I find God's opinion when I get in my Bible, when I read the Word of God. So if I'm going to answer this question, I need to answer it from the perspective of God, not from the perspective of what Jason thinks, but what does God think? And so when I look at it in that lens, from that perspective, I have to understand a few things. Number one, God is all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful, and he is, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He wrote the beginning of the world from the end. That's no different than authors who are writing books today. When you write a book, you have to have a plan that outlines where you're going. And so when you know how you're going to end your work, you're able to back up from there and figure out how do you start. And so my thought is that according to Ecclesiastes, there is nothing new under the sun. In other words, asking the question, what's the weirdest thing about modern life It's not really a great question because we're asking, you know, did God not expect things to become unusual? And the truth is God knew the whole time what was going to happen. We know in Isaiah that Isaiah prophesied that he said, woe to you who call evil good and good evil. Then we get into the epistle, the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, 
2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, talks about how in the last days, people will be lovers of money, lovers of themselves, boasters, proud, hateful of parents, disrespectful, disobedient. And this is, this is the, the attributes of people living today. And if you're asking my opinion about what I think is the weirdest thing, I would say it's how quick we are to call what's evil, according to the Bible, how quick we are to call those things good. But honestly, it's not unusual at all. It's not unexpected. God knew that this was coming. He, he knew that these things were going to happen. And so it doesn't surprise him. I think what would surprise him, though, is how his people are responding to what's happening in the world. Jesus showed us when he died on the cross that salvation was not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. And we have this promise, this covenant that comes down from generation to generation. Now, the covenant was given to Noah first. And after the flood, God said, I will establish my covenant with you and your seed. Now, if we take the biblical account of the destruction of the flood, and some people disregard that. Some people don't believe that a flood actually happened. But we can go back in history and we can see that there are several different ancient accounts of a global flood that is not just unique to the Bible, but we have different stories that tell of this flood and this, this destruction of the earth. So if we believe that's to be true, then God comes on the scene after the flood and says to Noah, I will establish my covenant with you and your seed. That means that anybody who's alive today has access to the covenant of God. And that covenant has promises attached to it. You know, promises that he's going to preserve your life, that he's going to save you from destruction, that he is going to give you the power to get wealth, that he is going to prosper you in everything that you do. So if there's this covenant, what am I getting at? What am I saying? I'm saying that everybody who's alive today has access to this covenant. And so that means, you know, even the people in the world that are calling good evil and evil good, they have access to this covenant. But the problem is, as Christians, we're not reaching out enough. We're not showing the love of Jesus and the compassion to those who are different than us the way that Jesus did. And that's a bit of a problem because, you know, once we were in the world, I was not a Christian my whole life. I didn't come to the saving knowledge of Jesus until I was in my 20s. I grew up a heathen. I knew what it was like to live in the world as a sinner, doing what I want whenever I want. I know what that was like. Once I got saved, I had this realization is like, you know what? I don't even know how to be in a relationship as a Christian. 
because I mean, eventually I wanted to get married. Right. But I had this realization that I don't know how to do that. When I was in the world, I knew how to behave in a relationship with a girl. I knew how to behave, you know, as though in the world, you know, we, we made out when we were in high school and junior high school, that's what we did. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't unusual to try to get to first base, second base, you know, this is stuff that is appropriate in the world. But when I got saved, I realized something, I realized I can't behave like that anymore. I have to do things the way that God wants me to do. How do I honor another human being? How do I honor the woman who's going to be my wife? How do I do that? And so I had to learn. I had to learn how to do those things. It doesn't come naturally. None of this stuff that's spiritual comes naturally. What comes naturally is the sin nature that lives in every single one of us. We got to understand that we all have a sin nature and that's okay. Sin is a sickness that's in the world. It doesn't mean that we're bad or evil people. It just means that we need to accept a holy God who can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that when we repent, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. David, who who was king, he was called a man after God's own heart, yet he committed adultery and he, he murdered the, the husband of Bathsheba so that he could cover up a pregnancy that, that should never have happened. But he was called a man after God's own heart, but he repented. And when there's repentance, there's forgiveness. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. God loves you. And if you're listening to me this morning, this morning, it's like five o'clock in the morning over here in Kentucky. If you're listening to me this morning and there's something going on in your life and you just feel like you have no way out, that you're, that you've done something so wrong that there's no way that God could forgive you. I can tell you, God will forgive you. He's, he's faithful and just to forgive you of all your unrighteousness. You just need to reach out to him. And ask him for forgiveness. It's that simple. And I liken it to the covenant. So we talked, I had a podcast episode that dropped a couple weeks ago about the covenant of God and how when you're in a covenant with God, that it's like being in a contract. So I work at a doggy daycare and at this doggy daycare, we were building a building because we're expanding. And my the proprietor of the building was coming through, checking on how things were progressing with the building and the builders were out there doing their thing. Of course, as a worker, and we're observing this, it seemed like they weren't coming on a regular schedule. They weren't doing their work. It seemed that the way it was related to me is that they had been working on this building for over a year and it should have only took six months. So there was a lot of things going on that made the proprietor very upset. Well, one day I come into work and our fence is down and it's to one of our yards where we run the dogs out and so they can have time to exercise and play. Well, this fence was down and so we only had access to one yard. Now, when you have 20 dogs that you're running out, sometimes you need a second yard 
to split dogs up because they can get riled up and they can get to a point where they don't want to be with certain dogs. And that's a problem. But here's what happened. It, it, God showed me that in, in this. The builders walked off the job because the proprietor didn't pay an invoice. Well, the invoice that the proprietor didn't pay was because they added additional charges that they didn't even communicate. Now, I got to tell you, this, this building, it's been put together. We're about to have a grand opening, but it leaks. The concrete wasn't poured right. There's no seals. The, when it rains, we have water that floods into the building. Honestly, the building ins inspector who came by said that we should just tear down and rebuild. It's, it wasn't put together right. But that all aside... If you're in a contract, if you're a proprietor and you're building a building and you hire a builder and the builder walks off the job, what do you do? Well, you can take them to court. That's the same thing that happens with the covenant. When you breach the covenant of God, when you do not follow after the principles of God and live your life in accordance with what God says, you're in breach of that covenant. And when you breach the covenant, you're under judgment. Just like the builder who breaches his contract, judgment is going to come. You're going to go before the judge and they're going to issue a statement of judgment. So we understand this in the natural realm. Why we don't understand it in the spiritual realm is beyond me. But that's what happens when we break the covenant. So my question would be, how can you avoid going to court if you are in the situation of the proprietor and the builder? Well, if you are the proprietor, you can go ahead and just pay the invoice, dispute the charges that you feel are erroneous, and make sure you communicate that with the builder and say, I'm not paying these charges because you didn't communicate it to me and it wasn't part of our original deal, but I'll go ahead and pay you for the services that you've provided and I'll go finish the job. Okay, that's one way you can handle it. If you're the builder, the second thing, if you're the builder, you can say, you know what, I'm sorry, I screwed up. I didn't uphold my end of the bargain. I didn't do my job the way that I was supposed to. I didn't communicate that there were going to be additional charges. So I'm going to take a loss on those charges and I'm just going to do the work because I'm in a contract with you and I promised that I was going to do the job, right? So you do the, one of those two things. And you ask for forgiveness. It builds goodwill between the, you and the other party. And when you do that, it restores the relationship. Well, that's what repentance looks like. When you are in breach of contract with God, when you breach that covenant, all it takes to avoid judgment is honestly, sincerely repenting in your heart and asking for his forgiveness. And when you do, he will forgive you and he will, re, he will put you back into a right standing relationship with him. It's that easy. It doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to feel bad about it. Sure, the Bible says that godly sorrow leads to repentance, but godly sorrow doesn't necessarily mean that you're sucking the carpet, that you're bawling your eyes out, that you feel like you're a horrible, terrible person. Because when you start to think like that, when you start to think I'm a bad person, when you start to think I'm a terrible person, that's an identity. And if you start to think that in your mind, you're going to behave that way. 
you're going to become a bad person. You're going to become a terrible person. You're going to become an evil person. And it's because of the thought process that I sinned. And, and, you know, people in the world, we don't use that word. We don't use the word sin when we're in the world. We're like, we screwed up. We made a mistake. I'm a terrible person. These are the destructive negative thought patterns that enter our life. And when we, when we allow that to take root in us, that's who we become. Proverbs tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're listening to this at the sound of my voice, you need to stop thinking negative thoughts because the Bible doesn't say that you're a horrible, terrible person. The Bible says that you are a child of the most high God, that you are God's masterpiece. When I think about being a masterpiece, a masterpiece is like a work of art that gets hung in a museum. Why do we hang a a piece of art in a museum. We hang it in a museum for all people to see and admire. And so that scripture in Ephesians 2.10 that says that you are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he planned for you long ago. You are God's masterpiece. You are on display for all the world to see. I want to encourage you this morning to start thinking in line with what God says about you. I don't care what other people are saying about you. I don't care about what you believe to be true based on your past experiences, mistakes, and failures. Because that stuff doesn't matter. Your past doesn't define you. What defines you is the plan and purpose of God that He has for you. And so... That's my talk for you this morning. I hope this encourages someone today. I just want to pray for you real quick. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for those who are listening to the sound of my voice this morning. Father, I pray that something I said today will take root in their heart that will inspire them and encourage them to go out and live a life that that models your love for them, that they are your masterpiece, that you have a plan and a purpose for them, that you've anointed them, Father God, and that anointing that abides in them will teach them all things. And so, Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you will quicken their spirit, that you will allow them to see the world through your eyes, that if they're a Christian this morning, that they will extend love and grace to their brothers and sisters who are in sin and not showing judgment towards them, but offering a hand that can pick them up and pull them out of that darkness, Father, the way that Jesus pulled us out of the darkness when we were still sinners, when we were yet in sin. And Father, I pray today that you will touch their hearts, God, that they won't feel bad about the things that they've done in their past. They, they won't allow their past to hold on to them, Father. But they can shake it off. They can cut it off. Father, you cut off their past so that they can walk forward into a future that is full of hope. And so I thank you, God, for that right now. And I thank you for those listening. Bless them today that as they go out, they will be blessed And as they come in, they will also be blessed. We thank you for it today. We call it done in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right, I hope that this blessed you this morning. If it did, you can, I don't know how this works on Wisdom. Leave me a comment, send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. You can check out the Marketplace Ministry podcast on Apple or any place you listen to podcasts. Love to hear from you there. Shoot me a text message at 502-833-6136. Again, that text Text me at 502-833-6136. Love to hear from you, and we can chat more about this subject if it blessed you this morning. I call you blessed. Have a wonderful day. Wow, that was some powerful stuff right there. I'm amazed listening back how all of those thoughts came together from just answering the question, what is the weirdest thing about modern life that most people have come to just accept as normal. Uh, I was surprised at what God drew out of me in that talk. Um, and I hope that it inspired you today and that you'll go forth and you'll take some of the ideas that I shared with you today and apply that in your own life, especially if you're Christian. I I know that you know that's our heart is that we want to speak to kingdom-minded entrepreneurs. So if you're a kingdom-minded entrepreneur and you're working in the marketplace, then Take some of these thoughts with you into the marketplace. Um, how can you minister to those who are on your team? How can you lead them? How can you incorporate diversity, equity, and inclusion? Even though people might not believe the same way that you do, how can you still show up and show the love of God to those who are different than you? I think that's the key that we need to really hone in on and focus in on. There's a lot of people who would take what I just said today and say that it was unbiblical, that you can't, you can't teach, that you have to include people. But when we really look at Jesus, when we look at the example of Jesus, he was an inclusive God. He was all about bringing a reconciliation between the Jews and and the Gentiles that were living in the region at that time. And of course, he tells us that we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So that message of grace that has come out of the Middle East since Jesus's death, that message is still important today. Because I can't, I can't say this for you, but I can say this for me. I can say that no one will ever come to Jesus when you are saying how sinful they are. People will never come to accept Jesus when you come at them with judgment. We are instruments of God's grace. We are God's hands and feet. And therefore, we need to be willing to extend outward with the same compassion and the same grace that Jesus extended to us. And I can go into more detail on a future episode. I've got some thoughts that are coming right now that I think would be a little controversial that we need to discuss and unpack, but I don't want to do it at this point in this particular episode. So we'll save that for a future show. Um, but if you want to connect with me on the Wisdom app, I'll make sure we have a link to that in the show notes. You can check it out for yourself. Um, I will say with a caveat, you need to be careful with who you connect with there, um, uh, especially if you're a newborn Christian and you, you aren't very well-founded or rooted in your faith yet. Uh, you'll come across some people who are psychics and some mediums, and you'll see some other people that that are outside of 
what we would consider the will of God. Um, so you'll need to be careful in those respects in that regard. But if you are rooted in your faith and you are a mature Christian, then you will have no problem coming in there and showing grace to those who are different than you. So um, I will make sure that I have a link to that in the show notes. I also wanted to remind you about something that's coming up in October. It's called the Anointed Leadership Conference. The Anointed Leadership Conference is put on by Pastor Terry Linscott. He's the senior pastor of Abundant Life Church in Radcliffe, Kentucky. He's my pastor, and he is also the host of the Anointed Leadership Podcast. Uh, pastor Terry has invited me to co-host this event, so I'll be M seeing the event, and I would invite you all to come out, especially if you're a leader or an entrepreneur in any capacity, this conference is for you. Pastor Terry is not just speaking to ministers in leadership, but he's speaking to everyone at all levels of leadership. His whole message for this conference is to help you to develop people to carry the vision that God has given to you. So if that sounds like something that you need some help and growth in, then be sure to attend the Anointed Leadership Conference October 14th and 15th at Abundant Life Church in Radcliffe, Kentucky. You can get your tickets now at terrylinscott.com slash conference. Again, that's terrylinscott.com slash conference. There will be a link in the show notes. Until next time, we call you to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We hope today's message inspired you and ministered to you. Let us know if it did by joining the conversation. You can do that by connecting with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Clubhouse. All the details will be in the show notes. If we helped you today, please share this episode. Be sure to rate this podcast and leave us a review. When you do, it helps us know what content you find valuable so we can make more of it. Plus, it helps get this show in front of more listeners. So if you could leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Continue to seek God first and serve his people well, and your business will prosper. In Jesus' name.